we want to talk about the way you see yourself and your life for a really important reason. I, I believe that what you believe about yourself and uh, how you act, your beliefs and your behaviors, let's say it that way, they're connected. So if you're behaving badly, you're usually thinking badly or believing poorly about yourself or something. So I think we're all mature enough to not have to ask ourselves if we ever behave badly. We've settled that, that there are times we do. We don't behave at our best. Um, and, the, and the idea or the goal is that we behave better. But if that's the goal and the two are connected, where do we need to start? We probably need to back up and start with how we think our beliefs and our behaviors, if they're connected as I think they are, a lot of it is how we think about stuff, how we think about life and God and what we've been given in this life. So the reason that I wanted to do this whole series is because I think if you believe that you're blessed, um, it's going to affect the way that you act every single day. Um, even let's say, let's say you're here or you know somebody and you, know, you have a, 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 a nephew who doesn't believe in God anymore, that kind of thing, and you, you can't even stand the word blessed. Okay, just for a minute, fortunate or favored? You know, lucky. And every time you, you dive into this, and let's say you don't dive into the Bible first, let's say you just dive into um, reality or science or something, and you just see, talk to, talk to a scientist, go, go watch some interviews, and they use this phrase over and over again that we were so lucky to have this rock that we landed on called Earth. So fortunate. Now, I personally put a face to the idea of luck or uh, a being that we would call God. But it's almost, the principle almost works no matter what, because if you wake up every single day and you think that you are lucky, that you hit the jackpot. Anybody ever have a conversation with somebody that, that goes like this? Man, if I ever win the lottery. <laughs> you ever had this? Either you were giving it or you were hearing it. Okay, one of the things that always happens, evidently that's all of us, We've been on one side of that conversation. Um, by the way, more than one person has told me they would pay off the church for us. More than one has told me that. What, Pastor? Pastor, I just want you to know. The Lord has told me to pay off the church. I just, and I want to let you know as a congregation, it's been 22 years. So I'm not holding my breath. But anyway, a part of the conversation goes around some form of generosity, right? I'm going to buy my mom that house. I'm going to pay off her house. I'm going to do all right. So the connection between, you know, the receiving of, of, of great benefit and generosity seem to be there, or at least in theory, in those conversations. I think part of the point of doing this whole series called Beyond Blessed is that you and I could wake up one day and realize we already won the lottery. 
you already hit the jackpot. To be born, to, to get the fortune. Who, who saw the movie, uh, was it called Mars uh, with Matt Damon? Did you see it? He's an astronaut who gets stranded on Mars. Anybody see it? Really wanted to get back to Earth. Really badly wanted to get back on this rock, right? I don't care where, I don't care what country. Did he care? Like, well, please, if I could only live in one of the top tier countries. Did he care? They didn't interview him, but the answer is no. I'll help you with if you didn't see the movie. If you get stranded on a rock that's at a different part of our universe, you want to get transferred. You're ridiculously lucky, fortunate, favored, and blessed as soon as you woke up this morning. Um, like old school church, they used to say, and I, I got to fix myself because I, I shy away from these phrases because of the way they were presented to me. And I got to get back to them. But here was one of the phrases. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody hear that growing up? And I don't know, the way it was said, it annoyed me. So I never say it. But that's, that's wrong. Just because it annoyed me the way they said it doesn't mean that's some rich stuff. Today, so I'll paraphrase. Today is a gift from God. And that should make me happy. And if today I see as a gift from God and that makes me happy, then what am I going to do? If you're happy, you tend to be contagious and generous and kind and everything else starts to roll downhill. It's as if the first move is the most important one. And the first one is basically recognizing God and God's gift. And if everything you see in life is a gift, then you, everything rolls the right direction. And if you, see, if you see it the other way, it rolls the other direction. God and his amazing gift. You see how your, your beliefs and your beliefs are not just what you say you believe. Like if you go to a lot of church websites, they say, this is what we believe. But they don't really believe that. That's just what they need to put on paper so you'll come. In other words, what you really believe is what you believe down in here. What you, this is important. It's your default mode. And you, you have a default mode. Like for most of you, your default mode, although not everybody, because I know some of you speak multiple languages, but most of you, like me, you speak English. And that's, so every, English is your default mode. You set up your, your cell phone, and the first thing I want to know is what language? What are we going to be, how are we going to be, what's the default? And you have a default, and the problem with the default is you don't think about it. That's why they call it a default. You just assume. You assume certain things about life and the universe and, and God, and it's deep inside of you. And so that drives you. And we're going to do a story today from Genesis. i got to slow down and do it good. Are you in a hurry? I gotta, I, I, because if we do it good, we might get it. We might, we might assimilate it. It's a story um, about Jacob and Esau. You know, when I was in, when I was in high school, I, uh, 
I read these stories many times. I, I still remember it. Um, the book I read is called Real Characters in the Making. It was like for high school. It's like I, and uh, by Lorraine, a gal named Lorraine Peterson. I still remember it. And I would, I would sit in uh, like study hall. Do they still have study halls today? Is that still a thing? Some of the younger generation? Yeah, you just sit there and play games? or No, no, no study. Uh, study hall, you were supposed to study things that you were supposed to catch up on, do your math homework or do whatever. And I'm not trying to act like I'm a holy Joe or spiritual, but that's what I did. I read books about the Bible. Um, not because anyone told me to, but because I was interested in it. And I read about... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, over and over again. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was called Real Characters in the Making. And it, was, it helped me because I got those stories on the inside. And one of the things that I... One of the things that concerns me about what's happening in our society and our culture in general is we're throwing all that stuff away. You can talk to young kids. They don't know anything. They, they might know Abraham, and they might not let alone Isaac and Jacob. You say, well, Chris, they don't need to know that. They just need to know the golden rule. Fair enough to a point. But perhaps there's a lot of gold in there that we've thrown out because we're chasing a lot of other shiny objects in life, in society. And <laughs> be careful, Chris, what you say. Um, I love I love a lot I like I love sports. Think carefully what, how you say this, Chris. But it seems to me that things like that have become more important than almost anything else. And I think I think I was involved, and I still am. They can be great teachers. They, they can mold character. I think all that is true. But the society has gone from sport. The idea, do, do you know that the phrase professional sport is an oxymoron? Do you, just go to your dictionary. The two don't go together. You can't do something... We, we've, made, we've made what is, a, what is a diversion or a distraction, and we all need diversions and distractions. Is this true? I mean, let me start there. We all need them. I mean, you can't just sit there and go hardcore, hardwire. You can't. Whatever you, even you're working or you're passionate, you need to, oh, I need to have a distraction. I need to go blow some steam. I need to go get some exercise. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going a long way around to saying What's happened to a, like a whole generation, I, I've watched it since I was young and worked with students to, to now, is like now um, sport is church. Sport is God. Um, and you can name any other thing. I'm just picking on that because that was my thing, right? And, uh, and now the, the scraps, like if there's any little leftover scrap, then we start to add these other foundational pieces of a kid's life and character. I, I even worry that 
I even worry that we try so hard to make church interesting. And I mean, I was always for that. I guess I am for it to a degree. But there, there's some, it's okay. You know, it's okay if it's just like, this is what we do. This is what our family does. And, and by the way, I realize I'm not going to die on this hill uh, because that, I, I realize the ship has sailed and I'm out of touch. Um, I realize that. But I think one day, collectively, as a society, we'll look back over our shoulder and go, what the heck did we do? What did we do? And, um, you know, I've told Vicky this a few times. This isn't in my notes, but I'm just going to say it. I've told Vicky this a few times. Um, if you stand up for what you think is right, you'll be surprised how people will back down. But if you don't, people will just push you around. Just push you around. Do this, think that, go here, do this. But if you believe, especially if you believe when you're 16, No, thank you. No, thanks. I remember my high school coach said, well, we're going to watch film on Sunday. And I was the captain. of the I was the captain. We're going we're gonna, to you know, get in Sunday and watch film. And I said, no, thank you. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say it when you're the captain, but you can't say it at all. And I said, no, thank you. I won't be there. And I said, I will work my rear end off. I will hit anybody head on as fast and as hard as you want to. Because coaches liked that back then. They liked to see your bell rung and you stunned. That they got their jollies. Did anybody grow up when I did? These coaches, that was fun for them, you know. Look at this kid, you know. He's really stupid. Watch him. Wham! You know. They did. They loved that. So, all right, that's, that's the game. I'll play that. I said, I won't, but I won't be here on Sunday. They couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe it. The same coach, halfway through my senior year, he pulled me in one time. And he goes, Kramer. We might need that Bible of yours. Does it have any plays in it? We were, we were struggling. And I wasn't, like, loud about it, but I just said, no, thank you. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make a point. You know, you don't, always, you don't always have to do what everybody says. That's right. I didn't get, I didn't get a spanking. And I didn't make first team all state. But I, I survived. I did okay. I did okay. Do what you want. Do what's here for you. Don't do what everyone tells you to do all the time. And some people have to stand. They just have to. A friend of mine was just telling me, I love this. I love this. Um, their, their daughter was playing in this national, I think I have the story pretty much correct, the national collegiate finals. National, like division A. So the best girl soccer players in the country were playing. And they had to wait because one school wouldn't play on Sunday. That today, in today's world. Well, you have to because the collegiate told you to. Not if you stand up. Evidently. 
You can be the best in the entire country and just say, no, we won't, we won't be there. But you know what? Too many times what we do is we just give in. We're so salivating over glory or whatever we're salivating. I don't know what we're salivating over. <gasps> Please want me. Huh? Anybody ever date someone that was desperate? <laughs> Isn't it fun? Please like me. <laughs> no, have you? It's not, it's not good. It's like, no. It's all right. I'm okay. But that's how we look sometimes. We're so desperate. Instead of strong, convicted, courageous, maybe is a word. So the whole, <laughs> the whole collegiate system had to wait for this one school because they just stood up for themselves. You know, the whole system. It's a true story. I think you went up. Yeah, but I'm weak and lowly and you are what you are. You are what you say you are. You might be a lot stronger than you think. You might have a lot more power than you think. All, I was telling you all that because I wanted to tell you this story that you should listen to. That was a long introduction to this story. <laughs> but my point is I got to tell it because... Like, we have a whole generation that doesn't even know that this story, doesn't know it exists. And people grew up like, you grew up in a different culture, like Pastor Bright, he, he'll, finish the, he'll finish the sentence. I'll start reading a Bible, he'll finish it. Of course, Pastor Bright is one lousy soccer player, I can tell you that. I've seen him, <laughs> I've seen him on the field, and he needs work, but that's not. That's another thing. You, you can tell him I said that. That's it. So it's Isaac. He's old. And his eyes are weak. He can't see. Genesis 27. And he calls for Esau, his older son, my son, he says. And if you know the story, Isaac and Rebekah had twins, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob and Esau... They went at it before they were even born. What parents are like, could you two stop going at it? Do your kids ever fight? Could you stop going at it? And, and like, why? Here's the questions. Why do you guys always have to go at it? It's because there's nothing else to do, Mom. That, this is like, isn't that like recreation? <laughs> they haven't gotten out of the mother's womb, it said, and they were jostling. Esau ended up being born first, and it seemed like it was a competition from the beginning because Jacob was grabbing onto his heel. The doctor's like, oh, whoa, what do we have here? Well, boom, throwing haymakers, like, coming out, you know? And, <laughs> right? And he's holding onto his heel, and it, this is the story of it's the two brothers that constantly go at it. And it... it, it it's a story for us in our world where we're constantly going at it. And if you're constantly going at it, maybe that's not the best. Maybe there's a different way to live. 
than to constantly battle. Esau was, was born first. Jacob comes out holding onto his heel right away. Uh, as they start to grow, the dad starts to favor Esau. Now, in their culture, the firstborn was, was better off anyway. But in, in, uh, on top of it, it said Esau went out and hunted the wild game. So, you know, perhaps Isaac thought of Esau like Gaston. No. No Beauty and the Beast fans? Can I go here? Beauty and the Beast? Gaston with a gun and the trophies and the... Yeah? We might as well enjoy it. You're here. You're here for as long. Gaston. Gaston. Charlie goes, I don't like Gaston, Dad. And I go, you're not supposed to. He's like the arrogant hunter guy, you know. And he's... Esau's out, he hunts a wild game. And then, and then Jacob's the younger one, and it's like he's quiet. He stayed around the house. Dad liked Esau, right? Come on, boy, let's go hunt some game. <laughs> he spit a lot. He spit a lot. You know what I mean? And mom liked, it's all in the Bible. You guys just don't read, see what I'm saying? You don't read the story. It's why, and and mom liked the younger one. He was quiet, you know, he did chores for her around the house, that kind of thing. And they, they were constantly at it. But it gets to the end. Now Isaac is dying, can't see. And so he gets his older son, Esau, who he loved the most. And... Um, Esau says, yes, yes, dad. And Isaac says, I'm an old man, and I don't know, but my day is coming. Now go out into the open country and hunt some game for me. Prepare it for me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. There's the order. The oldest son, go get it. Rebecca's listening, and she overhears this, and so she goes to get her favorite, Isaac, and says, hey, 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 we, we got to do something quick because he's going to get the blessing. And go get a couple goats. Forget the hunting. Just go grab them right out of the, the backyard. And you, you get the goats. I'll make a quick stew. We'll bring it into your dad. So uh, he goes to get the game. He goes to get the goats. The goats come quicker than the game, and it's game on. Rebecca's making that stew really quick. Can you imagine? Wouldn't it be a great movie? Like her heart racing, like the kitchen, you know, pots flying, like he, because he's out hunting. He's looking for his thing, and she's like, we got to get this thing done. We got to get this thing done. And, and, and uh, you know, Jacob's thinking, ah, oh, I'm a little nervous. Like, I don't know. Jacob says to Rebecca, but my brother is, is a hairy man, and I got smooth skin. I told you, Gaston, right? <laughs> if you think these are not connected, you're, you're kind of wrong. Have you, have you watched Beauty and the Beast? Because he talks about how much hair he has. My whole body is covered with hair. <laughs> I 
I think some of you think I'm making it up, but I think you should pay more attention. But I got like smooth skin. He's got like hairy skin. What if my father touches me? He's nervous. I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse rather than a blessing. His mother goes, my son, let the, let the curse follow me. Just do what I say and go get the goats for me. So he went to get him and he brought him to his mom and she prepared the tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes that Esau, her son had, goes to the other boy's closet, dresses him, and she covers his hands, the smooth part of his neck with goats. Put goat hair up here. This is a lot of finagling to get a blessing. Huh? First of all, it's a good story. Second of all, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get this blessing. She handed her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and he said, my father. Yes, my son, who is it? Jacob answered, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly? You ever name drop God when you need to? Anybody? You ever know businesses that name drop God? Well, I'm a Christian business. It means when I suck up your house, do you need to? Should we, should, we always have, should we always have to put God into everything? Do we? Do we always need to name drop God? Like, I really paint your house good because I'm a Christian. How about just paint it good? And then I'll believe you're a Christian. No? But if you can add God, you just get a little, like, credibility. Like a couple Yelp stars. So he goes, well, God gave me favor. God gave me success. And Isaac said to Jacob, come here so I can touch you. Mom had it covered. Jacob went close to his father who touched him. And he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He didn't recognize him for his hands were hairy like his brother Esau. And so he blessed him. Are you really my son, Esau? I am. Bring me some of your game so I may eat it. And Jacob brought it and he ate it. And he brought wine and he drank it. Then his father said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. Can you just feel the tension in this movie? Like, He's going to get busted. He's going to get busted. He leans in to kiss him. Isaac caught the smell of his clothes. Good thinking, you scheming, conniving mom. The clothes. The clothes, right? He smelled the clothes. And he blessed him. Ah, here's the blessing. The smell of my son is the smell of the field. Isn't that true? Doesn't, doesn't it? Like, I work way too much inside, and every once in a while I just go do outside work because I want to smell better or worse, however you would describe it. But some of you know what I'm talking about. There's something healing about 
healthy about putting your hands in the dirt and the and ah the smell of the field. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches and abundance of grain and wine. And may nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. Oof. After Isaac finished blessing him, Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence and Esau came in from hunting. How was that hallway passage? <laughs> Think about it. He just, he just barely got there and Esau's back from hunting. And he goes to the kitchen. He's making it all up. Evidently, mom didn't even help him. He's making it. He went into his father's sit up and give me, eat some game so that you may give me your blessing. And his dad goes, wait a minute, who are you? I got to fast forward because this is over, but look, look. If you believe, see, what they believed is there's like one blessing and one gets it and the other one doesn't. That's the whole problem with the whole system. There's a limited amount of blessings. And what you'll see, in, if, if we had the time to go through, but he, he breaks down. He breaks down and crying because the blessing is gone. Now there's none for him. And he says, Dad, could you just please, is there just some scraps? Is there just a little crumb for me? And how the story ends is Esau is bitter. And here's what he swears. As soon as my dad dies, this is what he says, as soon as my dad dies, I'm going to mourn for him and then I'm going to kill you. I'm going to mourn for my dad, then I'm going to kill you. So one person leaves the story as bitter as you could get, full of hatred and anger. And the other one leaves the story what? Scared for his life. Now here's the point of today's sermon. If you believe in scarcity, it drives you to anger, bitterness, right? The anger and the bitterness of Esau because of what you perceived, perceived you didn't get. What actually changed right there? Actually changed. Nothing. But what they believed, right? How you behave is connected to what? What you believe. They both left their thinking, I'm favored, I'm fortunate, I'm cursed, I'm doomed, I'm blessed. Now watch, if you believe in that things are limited, that there's just not enough, it drives you to these kinds of behaviors. Or, and this is key, as Jesus taught to go past all of this kind of thinking, he's, this is what Jesus taught. This is why this is mind-blowing. What was part of the blessing? Do you remember what it was? May the dew of heaven. Something about the dew. May the dew of heaven and the riches of earth. And along comes Jesus, and here's what he says, bombshell. My father sends the rain on the just and the what? Unjust. On the firstborn and the secondborn. 
there's enough for what? Everybody. You're blessed. You're blessed. And if you believe deep default, because I, I wish I could know what's really in you, but you know. You're like an onion. Yeah, I'm blessed. That's wonderful. But if you, at the inside of you, what you really believe is you got ripped off and you're angry and you're bitter and you're going to get even and you're sick of this and why did this happen? That just comes out. And just like the onion, you could put all the stuff, but you just peel it back. And then on the inside, you really believe something. And if you really believe what Jesus taught about abundance, in my father's house, there's many mansions, Right? Um, Jesus said, I came to give you life more abundantly. Jesus said, um, look at the birds of the air. They don't labor or spend. I mean, think about a bird. A bird can just take food from anyone's bird feeder. You know what I mean? They go right down the neighborhood, take some from you, take from the next guy, take from the next guy and bring it to your house. They can do whatever they want. Because it's But there's abundance. And the whole idea would be this. If you believe in abundance, if you believe that you're blessed, then the kind of person that you are is you're just more likely, freely you have received, Jesus said, freely you, what? You become more generous, happy, healthy, whole. But if you believe as these guys did, in lack And there's only one. That's where all the conniving, the grabbing, the conjoling, the covering yourself with goat hair. You know what the problem is with our society? People walking around in goat hair. That's the problem. Why? Because they don't think there's enough to go around. So I got to connive. I got to cheat. I got to, right? Smells like goat hair in here. But otherwise, you just, you believe what Jesus taught. Why was he so revolutionary? Because he grew up with all of this richness and tradition. But he knew how to supersede it, that God makes it the sun on the just and the unjust. There's enough for everybody. Today I was watching the sun come up over the water. Anybody ever get that feeling like, it's okay, there's enough. There's enough. And if you wake up every single day and you believe, start your day. This is the day, I'm going to go back to that, that the Lord has made. This is how I want you to start your day this week. I'm out of time, but this is how I want you to start. You know what Charlie does when I get her up in the morning? Dad, 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 dad. She's just like, dad, dad, dad. So I go sprinting up to her room, get her out of bed. Dad, yes, Charlie. Where are we going today? <laughs> First question. She's deciding. No, this, is, this is important. She's deciding if she's going to be happy or sad. Ask Vicky. This is true. She's deciding right now, am I going to be happy or sad? 
And if it's school, she's going to be sad. She will literally put on a pout-pout face and say, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. But if we go, we're going to church. Yeah, church. <laughs> we get to go see your friends. Yeah, friends, party. She's going to decide at the beginning of her day, right there, well, am I happy or not? Ready? You wake up. Ready? This is for you to, you wake up. Dad, 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 dad. He's going to say yes. And you say, is it a good day? And he says, yes, it's a good day. This is the day that I have made. You're lucky to have it. Right? You're blessed to have it. Go live it to the full. 